This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Good morning. It's Sterling Fox in for the vacationing Jill Bennett on this cloudy, cool Saturday morning. It is 6.33. Nice to be with you today. Uh, it was Saturday in the park, and I don't know how much of that uh, outdoor activity is going to be dry today, but you know what? There are an awful lot of events planned for today in and around Metro Vancouver, and uh, some of them are going to be, well, uh, some of them are going to be kind of funny. We were talking about the walk on the news, uh, and others, well, they're going to be sporting events and so on, and mm, well, it's Vancouver. So there's always a plan B. What are we going to do if it rains? Well, we're going to do it anyway. (laughs) That's pretty much the way it's going to shake out uh, as we get through our Saturday. This is June, and June is Stroke Awareness Month across Canada. 400,000 Canadians are living with the effects of stroke. And here to talk about what to do and how to help someone who is, and especially if you're a family member or caregiver for someone who is, how to, well, uh, get through it all and and successfully. And here to help us understand more is Dr. Paul Winston. Uh, Dr. Winston is medical director for rehabilitation with Island Health. He's also a clinical associate professor at UBC and president of the Canadian Association of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation. Dr. Winston, good morning. Good morning. It's a pleasure to have you with us. I assume with Island Health, you're joining us from Victoria this morning. Yes, and it's very sunny here. Oh, it is. Oh, go ahead. Rub it in. Why don't you? <laughs> no, it will come your way. Well, we're, we're pleased to hear there's, there's sunshine at least in the vicinity, Dr. Winston. Maybe you can blow a little bit of it our way. It's a pleasure to have yeah. you with us. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of helping people and understanding what people are going through who are living with the effects or after effects, shall we say, of stroke, Dr. Winston, can you take us back to step one, the fundamental building block, and tell us what a stroke is? What happens to a person? when they have a stroke? Sure. So there's um, two main types of stroke. Um, Stroke generally means that the um, blood supply to the brain is interrupted so that there's damage to the brain, Um, similar to the idea of a heart attack with a blocked artery. Okay. Most of the strokes happen when a a major blood vessel is blocked and you don't get enough flow of oxygen to the brain, and that causes damage to the tissue. The other less common type of stroke is actually a bleed that damages the tissue in the brain directly. Okay, now, so uh, usually is the blockage caused stroke the most common? Yes, by far the most common. And what causes the blockages, doctor? Blockages cause, um, by many reasons, um, it can be caused by um, a blood clot being thrown from the heart from an irregular heartbeat, which is most common in the elderly population. It can be because you have um, hypertension and other diseases that cause cholesterol buildup. Okay. That's why we really um, recommend healthy lifestyle. All right. Um, now, uh, is there any, you mentioned older patients and, and a certain predisposition for a, a, a type of stroke. Uh, are there any other demographic realities associated with stroke? Are older people more likely to have them? Are men or women more likely to have them? Help us with that. Sure. So while the older population is the most common on our rehab wards, we see lots of people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s that have strokes. Even kids have strokes. Um, Those are usually due to blood pressure abnormalities or abnormalities that they were born with in their heart. But um, unfortunately, we see a lot of people who have difficulties with um, drug use and addictions that have also predisposed them to having blood vessels that um, are damaged more easily. Oh, okay. 
So now, if 400,000 Canadians are living with the effects of stroke, uh, how, would, how would we recognize that? What are the most common symptoms of people living with the effects of stroke? So for just the, um, the actual stroke itself, it's very important, and we do have campaigns across Canada, if you were to know that if you had to have numbness and tingling on your body or difficulty speaking, that it's absolutely urgent to get to a hospital facility right, right away because there is that small group that if they're into the hospital early enough, the, um, the urgent team, usually of the neurologist, can try to see if there's a clot blessing technique that can prevent the stroke. So the most important thing is to prevent it from happening. So keeping your blood pressure low is probably the number one thing people can do and not smoke. But once it happens, unfortunately, the vast majority of strokes still happen. Our medical technology can't stop most of them. Okay. Because by the time most people get to the hospital, it's too late. Right, okay. So then it becomes a question of, uh, and I, you know, you're talking about uh, the, the awareness level in a lot of campaigns. This is where the FAST campaign, for example, comes in. The F-A-S-T that we're all supposed to uh, have the face, the arms, and all of that sort of thing. That's, that's all part of this package, isn't it? Exactly. So let's so talk. What happens though is. I'm sorry, go ahead, go please. Ahead. No, after the stroke, though, that's where the, really the recovery comes. And for most people who have a stroke of any significance, they will stay in hospital for an acute care stay and then even rehabilitation. And it becomes a long process. Does, uh, is there a possibility that people completely recover from a stroke, Dr. Winston, or is it more likely that a stroke will affect you permanently in some way, large or small? Well, fortunately, a lot of people have very small events called a TIA or transient ischemic attack, where it's not enough was done to cause damage to the brain, and other people have very tiny strokes. Often when we see someone who's had a large stroke, we can see evidence on their scans that they had very small strokes over time. Oh, okay. So thankfully, many people don't have deficits from their stroke, but the large percentage, if they have enough brain tissue injured, then they will have the deficits. And it's usually the other half of the body that has the damage from where the stroke was. Oh, I see. It affects the opposite side to where the, the stroke occurred? Yes. And uh, to what extent? I would imagine it varies from individual to individual, but I'm sure there, the, one of the lingering after effects would be reduced mobility, would it not? Right. So in general, so if you damage the left side of your brain, the right side of your body would have weakness. Now, it's um, a difficult process because not only you might have weakness, some people are paralyzed on that side completely. Okay. Others have what's called increase in tone or spasticity, when they go to use their limb, all the muscles contract at the same time, so they can't actually open their arm or lift it to the side, or their foot points really hard down to the floor so right. they can't walk on it. So that's called spasticity. Others have difficulties with coordination, so their arm shakes when they try to move it, or it um, is just unreliable to say right. So uh, it's important, I think, that uh, in, along with the 400,000 individuals who are living with the after effects of stroke across Canada, Dr. Winston, that that number is multipliable many times by their immediate uh, caregiving groups, their, their families, their support systems. And I guess I'm perhaps even jumping the gun here. Do, do most of the people who are living with the after effects of stroke, uh, do they have an awareness of support systems available to them in their communities? Probably not, because 
and many people who have a stroke, if it's a significant stroke, it is a large burden on their family. And sure. It's actually often a source of guilt for the patient as well, that they feel that their uh, family members now have to look after them. They can't look after themselves. Mm-hmm. So there are, in most cities across Canada, and I would urge anyone who has a family member with stroke to join one of the stroke um, resources. There is a website called beyondstroke.ca that allows you to find out what the resources are in your community. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on that right now, as a matter of fact, beyondstroke.ca. And, of course, uh, and it's a great uh, asset. And I would imagine any local chapter of the Heart and Stroke Foundation would also be a good place to call to get a steer in the right direction. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the things that we're really working on now is that some of the after effects of stroke, such as the spasticity, develop um, a few months after the stroke get worse. So some people leave hospital um, with some weakness and movement, but over the next few months actually get tighter and have less use of their limbs. Oh. And it's much harder to re-enter the healthcare system at that point because most of our Canadian healthcare services are around the discharge. So you'll get your six weeks of rehabilitation after. And one of the things that I want people to really be aware of, if you notice that your loved one is getting tighter or losing function, they really need to get that addressed right away before it gets too tight and too difficult to treat. Right. Again, so uh, as was the case uh, initially when we were talking about the effects of stroke, the faster you can have something attended to, the more likely you are to have the, the, uh, the situation remedied to whatever extent it can be. Yes, you've heard of neuroplasticity, and what we know is if you really um, trick the brain into learning new tasks, new abilities quickly, the brain can reorganize itself. So you want to get that reorganization happening as quickly as possible. Mm, Interesting stuff, Dr. Winston. Thanks so much for getting up early to do this with us this morning. This is terribly important stuff. And again, as it says right on uh, beyondstroke.ca, know that you're not alone. And it explains a lot. Because, of course, when we get into these situations, the first thing that happens to us is we imagine ourselves to be the only human being on the planet that this is happening to. And it's just not the case. So we appreciate your, your reassurance this morning, Dr. Winston. And we thank you for your time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.